Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean Cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 367. If your Royal Caribbean Cruise encounters a hurricane, that probably sounds like a really bad vacation. But this week's cruise story is about how that exact scenario turned out to be a really fun and memorable cruise. Pascal shares with us her experience sailing around Hurricane Ivan actually ended up making for a great Canada and New England cruise. Here we go. We're back this week with a cruise story. Don't worry, don't worry. There's not going to be a 60-minute monologue. Or actually, it's not a monologue. I don't know what it is when two people talk, but a dialogue. Uh, like last week, we're going to be able to get back to your cruise stories. And this week, uh, we're talking with a good friend of mine, actually, Pascal Smith, who went on a cruise on Jewel of the Seas in the fall of 2004. That's right, folks. Uh, let's see. Break, break. I'm trying to think what music was popular in 2004. But uh, break out that, that the... All the whatever memories you have of 2004, I'm really struggling with something that to me speaks to 2004. But whatever it is, think about it. And we're going to go back there with our friend Pascal. Welcome to the podcast, Pascal. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for inviting me uh, to the podcast to talk about one of my most memorable cruises. Absolutely. And I want to start off, Pascal, first of all, with a hearty thank you, because uh, for our listeners who probably don't know, Pascal is actually one of our awesome, awesome moderators on the Royal Caribbean blog message boards. And uh, to say that uh, she makes everybody's life, including mine, a whole lot easier is an understatement. So thank you for all your help and, and great contributions there as well. Uh, thanks. It's, I'm happy to be a part of it. Absolutely. So today we're talking about Jewel of the Seas. And uh, yeah, where, where should we start with the story, Pascal? Well, so it was actually our second cruise. Our first one was to Alaska, and uh, that was in 2000. So our second cruise, and apparently we don't like warm weather because we keep going places <laughs> that are cool. <laughs> um, but so we decided to take this 10-night uh sailing Canada and New England that sailed out of Boston. And um, my husband doesn't really like to fly. So something that you and he have in common, um, can bond over that sometime. So we actually drove to Boston via Toronto. So we actually oh. had a little vacation before we even got to Boston. Um, we'd never been to Toronto before, spent some time doing things like that, Hockey Hall of Fame, we saw Niagara Falls. Um, but we were really excited to get on the ship when we finally got to Boston because uh, it was only her first, uh, fourth month of sailing. So she was pretty new. Um, fourth and last Radiance class ship to be built. And we were just really excited. It was going to be our first balcony room. And it was the first time on uh, the Atlantic coast. Um, we were pretty excited, too, because we'd heard it was it had one of the first self-leveling pool tables on a ship. And we thought that can't possibly be real. Um, <laughs> so we had just all kinds of things that we were just stupidly excited about. So uh, got on the ship and we were ready to go. Awesome. I mean, it's funny because as he mentioned it, that it was kind of it's a new ship at the time. Jewel, I kind of like, oh, yeah, like it's just <laughs> when you it didn't even occur to me that you would sail so close to the uh, it's its launch date. Uh, the Radiance class, you know, I, I don't know. It's something about I just I always forget that the Radiance class and the Freedom class came out at roughly around the same time of of, of came out the same time, the same couple of years uh, within each other. It's uh, we oftentimes, I think, think in in the in the idea that the bigger the ship, the newer the ship. And certainly you would expect, oh, well, you know, Radiance class is smaller than the Voyager class and the Freedom class. So it must have been back in, you know, the 90s or even 80s. But no, it, it came out in those early 2000s. So, all right. So you, you're booked on Jewel going on to Canada, New England. Sounds like a great cruise. What could possibly go wrong, Pascal? What 
could possibly go wrong? And you know, it's all an attitude because some people may have thought this just went all wrong. And we thought it was one of the funnest things we had ever done. So here we are sailing off into the Atlantic Ocean, you know, late September. What could possibly be wrong? Beautiful fall weather. Well, what we were sailing into was, uh, anybody have ever seen the movie The Perfect Storm? Mm-hmm. Where they had three of them converging? That's what we ran into. Oh. So we had Hurricane Carl coming on one side. We had Hurricane Lisa coming on, you know, kind of from a different direction. And then the remnants, and it wasn't a hurricane anymore, it, but it was <clears throat> causing some high seas of Hurricane Ivan, which had caused a lot of damage in Florida. Um, so we actually got through our first ports okay, but when we started to head up toward uh, St. John's, New Brunswick, and Sydney, Nova Scotia, the seas started to get a little angrier. And uh, we ended up skipping uh, St. John's, New Brunswick, uh, I mean, St. John's, yeah, St. John's, New Brunswick, the first time we, we just kind of passed by it. And then the captain came on the next day and said, you know, we're not going to be able to port in Sydney. Um, there was just no way we could get in because the seas were too high. And it was kind of getting to the point where the ship was rocking so much that, you know, they started to put the bags out for people just in case they got seasick. And most people ended up being um, just confined in their cabins because they were very uncomfortable. (laughs) It didn't bother us. Um, We thought, you know, walking down the hallways, kind of hitting both sides of the hallways (laughs) as you're walking was an interesting experience. And then the captain came on and said, you know, hey, anybody is still up if you want to come down and this is before drink packages you know everything was a la carte so he's like if you want to come down we have two bars open really low in the in the ship which is i think the casino bar um come on down we've got free mimosas and bloody mirrors totally wow. on board with it. <laughs> so we had down to start drinking with everybody else that uh, wasn't stuck in their cabin it was uh, me and my husband and two retired ladies, I can't remember where they were from. There was literally four of us in the bar. <laughs> and the bartender had just, you know, they'd put everything in cages because everything, you know, if you left anything out on the bar, you had to hang on to your drink. Um, if you left anything on the bar, it was sliding off. So it was really rocking and rolling. Um, we would walk on the lowest deck of the ship where there's actually portholes. And I can't remember if that's deck three or two. The waves were coming up over the portholes. So wow. It was it was pretty wavy. Um, then that night that we had skipped of the day we had skipped Sydney, so we're on a balcony and you can hear the waves and everything, and you can feel the ship rocking. But if you went out to onto the balcony, you could just see the sea rising up towards you because that's how much the ship was listing back and forth and back and forth. It was a little unnerving. Um, I didn't really, and I didn't have any worries that the ship was going to tip or sink or anything like that, but it was, it was quite an adventure. Um, they said that the seas were about 35 foot swells. So wow, that's crazy. Apparently, yeah, apparently that's a lot. Um, and so, you know, really that, that part only lasted maybe about 36 hours where it was pretty wavy and a little uncomfortable for a lot of people, but we, we thought it was an adventure. We just thought it was fun as heck. So that's something that we will really always remember. Um, 
Yeah, it, it's, it was it's, fun. It's definitely the right mentality. I'm not sure that. I mean, hearing it, it sounds awful to me. But then again, it's like you said. I mean, first of all, it's how you deal with it. Were you taking any like uh, medicine for seasickness or anything like that, or it's just, you just didn't? It didn't bother you. Yeah, I did not. Um, it just tends to not bother me at all. My husband, oh. I believe, had something with him. I don't remember if it was Dramamine. He does tend to get a little seasick on smaller boats, like fishing boats, right? If yeah. he goes up to Lake Superior and goes fishing, he always takes something. Um, but I think there's certain kinds of waves that bother him more than others. And these were such big swells, I don't think they bothered him. Um, it wasn't just like the constant rocking back and forth that I think bothers him more, um, yeah. which he's actually kind of outgrowing. So if anybody's worried about that, that is kind of something that um, he started off having, and, and now he really doesn't have any any trouble with it at all. So I think the I think the the maritime phrase for what's happening to your husband, uh, Pascal, is he's gain, he's growing his sea legs. Yes, absolutely. I find <laughs> it's worse when I get off the ship. I don't have any problems on the ship. I get off the ship, and I'm you know I feel like I'm filming actually on the water. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, look, you made the best of it, and um, it sounds like, you know, obviously there was that one really bad day, but otherwise it kind of just, the nice thing about a uh, Canada-New uh, England cruise is that you really do hug the coast as a cruise ship. It's not like you're out in the Atlantic and it's, a, you know, a scene out of, uh, like, Forrest Gump when he's dealing with that hurricane on the fishing boat. It's it's uh, yeah. a, it's a little more controlled in that regard. It was absolutely beautiful. There wasn't a day where we didn't have scenery. Um, when we went into the, um, uh, I can't remember what it's called there. Um, is it the St. Lawrence River? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, apparently, there it is the, the southernmost range of a small, isolated population of wild beluga whales. And we did not know this at the time, but we actually, right from our balcony, saw a wild beluga whale. So... Um, I'm a wildlife biologist by training, and I could we both of us, we were so excited to see this beluga. Um, it, <laughs> just right there, you know, in what wow. looked like a river, even though it was a seaway. You know, you're close enough to the shores on both sides, really, that it looks like a river, and it was just so exciting. Um, the wildlife we saw and just the, the scenery up in, in Canada coming into Quebec is just amazing. Yeah, I was. I'm. I'm obviously very bummed. I wasn't. I didn't have a chance this year to go on my first Canada New England cruise. Unfortunately, it was canceled. But you know, the the scenery there is. I think it, it. It. You know, it's. It's got so much going for it. Not only do you have you know New England, you have Canada, you have the natural beauty all throughout. So there's a lot to experience there in those Canada New England cruises. So I hope that at some point I'll be able to to check that off my my list there. What was your favorite port on the itinerary? Um, I'm gonna have to say, boy, it's really. They were all so great. I would go to, we were really looking, we were going to be with you on the group cruise that we missed. So um, they each kind of have their own really wonderful things about them. Um, Portland, Maine is a great city for walking around. Um, they've got some great Irish bars, which we're kind of really fond of and amazing food. Um, people are super friendly. So that's one. We, I mean, we didn't really, we didn't do an excursion at all. We tend to, in a lot of these towns, just walk around, get a little of the flavor nice. of the town. Um, Halifax is uh, the same way. You can walk around. You can have a great time. We went to the Maritime Museum. Um, we saw a photograph of Captain Edward J. Smith, who was the captain of the Titanic, um, posing with his Borzoi dog, which is the breed that we have. So we were absolutely <laughs> thrilled with that. Um, we saw the Royal Canadian Army moving submarines through uh, the bay there. It was just amazing. Great bars. 
um, just a fun city to walk around. And then the other one that I really, really love was St. John's, New Brunswick. Uh, we just walked around that one again, too, and it's very artsy. There were a lot of small little art studios that we popped in and talked to the artists and um, learned about the... It was a Sunday, so there wasn't a lot going on, but they were just chatty, great food, great people. Um, I think if we went back, we might do an excursion just to maybe see the Bay of Fundy and do some of that. But again, just they're very walkable cities. You know, if you want to save money on excursions, it's not like anybody's going to be bored. Yeah. A lot of fun. So, And then, of course, we spent two nights because we couldn't go to Sydney. We spent two whole days in Quebec City which we were only planning on one. And that was just amazing because that's a town you just can't get bored in either. Just gorgeous. Yeah. It always looks beautiful. That's the one I would love to go to at some point, but you also did on this cruise, Pascal, you did something that I do enjoy watching, but I would never, <laughs> certainly my wife would never do it. Uh, end up on stage <laughs> for the love and marriage game show. How did this happen? Oh my gosh. So anyway, the demographics on this ship, my husband and I were 40 and 35 years at the time, and we were some of the youngest people on the ship. I do not remember seeing any children on this ship. If there were, I missed them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there was, you know, when they do the love and marriage, they want people who are newly married, who have been married for a little while, and then who have been married forever. Um, we kind of felt into the middle category. and <laughs> There was one couple that was newlyweds. There was us, and then there was everybody else. Um, so we <laughs> ended up, you know, on it by default, and also being new. I don't remember if we got on it, if we'd gone to see it on our Alaskan cruise, but I don't think we knew what we were in for. So that was interesting. Um, they would, you know, pull one of us off stage and get the answers from the other one and pull them back and see if he matched up, you know, just like the new Laywood game. It was a lot of fun. Um, one thing you do have to be aware of though, it is well attended and people remember you. So the entire, this is about halfway through the cruise and not only were there people there watching it, but they replayed this thing over and like a continual loop on one channel on the stateroom TV. <laughs> Every time I turned it on, there we were. Yep. It's <laughs> so I'd be walking down the hallway, I got an elevator, and I, you know, and some of the answers are a bit risque. Um, <laughs> and they pointed me and they're like, Oh, you're the one who blah blah blah, you know, <laughs> just like beat red the entire cruise, going, Oh my god, all these people know all this. It was I mean, it was funny, but <laughs> you have to be prepared that it is like instant fame for a week yeah it's it's uh it's it's a it's a great spectacle as the spectator um but at the it's also a great idea by the way if you're ever going on a cruise and you're going solo or you just simply want to make a lot of friends on the ship this is a great event to try to be a part of because like pascal said everybody is going to know you they're going to remember you from something whatever you know there are one story that pops in from that game and it's it's a great conversation starter if you want to look at it that way. So uh, if you're interested in making friends on a cruise ship, you know, being a part of this or, or the Sexiest Man competition or some of these, you know, very visible events is a great way to yeah, get belly that done. Flop so. or, yeah, mm -hmm. belly flop's another good one. Yeah. People will remember you for the entire week. 
Well, if you remember Pascal from that cruise and you want a reminder of it, feel free to post about it in, on our message boards at realgroupandblog.com. <laughs> uh, the, the, the question and answer is something that could probably be pried out of me after a few drinks on a group cruise, but uh, oh, that will be boy. the only place that will ever <laughs> nothing in writing. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right. Well, Pascal, I really appreciate you coming on here and, and sharing your, your, your cruise. But again, what sounds like an awful cruise was actually a really fun cruise. It was, the, it was our most memorable cruise yet. So, yeah. All right, friends, time to answer some more of your listener emails. I know we missed it last week. After all, I figured after 60 minutes of Billy and I going back and forth, I, I thought we could save the questions for another week. So we're back with these questions. Of course, this is your opportunity to ask me your Royal Caribbean cruise questions, whether it's something, you know, about an upcoming cruise you have or something you read on royalcaribbeanblog.com, really anything in your mind about Royal Caribbean. You can always send me an email uh, to have me answer right here on the podcast. You can send it to Matt at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Our first email is from Noah in Kentucky. Writes, I love the blog podcast. I know during COVID, travel agents aren't getting paid since no one is going on cruises. My agent has had to work extra hard to rebook our canceled cruise, check on refund, etc. I'd like to do something nice as a thank you for her work, especially since she's getting minimal pay right now. Do you have any gift ideas for travel agents? Wow, that is a very thoughtful gift or even an idea, quite frankly, Noah, because you're absolutely right. While uh, some cruise lines like Royal Caribbean are protecting travel agent commissions, you're absolutely right. What happens is um, travel agents aren't paid unless the, they're not paid the commission by the cruise line unless of course the guest goes on the vacation, which is fine in the normal course of things. But during COVID-19, there's no cruises going on. Thus, nobody gets, you know, there's no commissions being paid up. But Royal Caribbean took care of that. And I know some other companies are as well. I can't speak for which ones do and don't, but a lot of them are, which is good. But it's still, travel agents are arguably working even harder to some of those things that Noah was talking about. And on top of that, they're taking a major pay cut because they're just not getting as much income in there. People aren't booking cruises as, as much. And, you know, what's coming in there in the commission, in the protected commissions is still a fraction of what they were making. So... I think your heart is in the right place there, Noah. You know, uh, there's a lot of possibilities. I and mean, I think gift cards are always a really good idea. It's a way to say thank you. You know, you're not there to, you know, uh, buy them a car by any means, but you know, buying them coffee, you know, a Starbucks gift card, or maybe a night out at a restaurant. I guess it normally goes out night out anymore. Ordering in from a restaurant. You know, those might be good ideas. This is where I would start. Uh, traditionally, I've always thought, you know, again, Starbucks coffee, gift cards, or, or their, lo- their favorite, favorite, you know, uh, Dunkin' Donuts or, uh, whatever, whatever you prefer, uh, might be a good idea there. Amazon, it's a good catch-all for whatever they may need. But I think a gift card is probably easy. And not, on top of that, Noah, in a lot of these, you can also email them. You don't have to send them to their physical address. Because I know for a lot of our travel agents that are out there, uh, or for clients for travel agents, we may have their email address, but not their mailing address. So it may be easier for you to get them via email. So that's a good idea. So Noah, what a good, nice and, and considerate idea. I'm sure your travel agent will absolutely love that. Next up is an email from Sean Tobin writes, Hi Matt, do you know if the balcony of partitions on Oasis of the Seas can be open? My wife and I uh, have our daughter in the adjacent room, but they're not connecting on the inside. Yes, they can, Sean. Yes, uh, not all ships are allowed to do this, but Oasis of the Seas, absolutely. And that's a great way to get around not having that connecting room there. So yeah, uh, if it's not already done when you get there, Sean, just ask your stateroom attendant on the first day. They have a special tool that they have to open up those partitions and yeah, you'll be good to go on that, so... 
Glad we could answer that email for you. And uh, we got another email here. It is from Renee who writes, I just hashtag YOLO booked my first of what I'm sure will be many Royal Caribbean cruises. I will be sailing on Oasis of the Seas departing Cape Liberty July 30th, 2021. Your blog and podcast have been a lifesaver. So I'm sure this will not be the last question I have for you, but my friend and loyal and royal crown and anchor society member recently sailed on Anthem of the Seas and we fell in love and fell in love with a cotton candy martini. I know you mentioned being able to get labadoozies on Royal Caribbean ships, and we were curious if this specialty martini is the kind of thing that they would likely be available on Oasis as well, or if specialty cocktails are normally only available to specific ship or class. Thanks again, Matt, for all your help so far, and hoping to see you in the Windjamer next summer. And hey, thanks for the email. What a great idea. I love that. Um, in terms of your answer to your drink, uh, the answer is generally yes, they can make it. As long as it's common, two things have to be are required, Renee. The bartender needs to have the ingredients, and the bartender needs to know the, what, what, how to make the drink. Right? Obviously, a drink like that may not be known to everybody. Uh, you know, it, it was. Um, I'm sure that they can. You just have to go to the right place. You know, I would probably start at the Schooner Bar. is always a really good. Idea. Schooner Bar has a large selection of. of of alcohol there. They're not limited themselves by any means. So I'd probably start at maybe the schooner bar. Uh, you know, um, I'm trying to think of another bar that would be the solarium bar might be a good one, but I'm trying I feel like I'm forgetting like an obvious one, but, um, maybe the pub, they generally, I don't know. They, you would check out a couple different places and ask around. I'm sure that they can. It's just a combination of those two things. And certainly if you can get a copy of the, of the ingredients, if you can get the, the drink recipe, print that out and just bring it with you. But if you got it on one Royal Caribbean ship, odds are it's available on other ones as well. It's again, it's just a matter, I think more more than anything, having the ingredients available. And number two, of course, the bartender knowing how to make it. But I, I would start there and, and see how you get there. And uh, I think probably you have a pretty good shot at it. Again, it's coming from Royal Caribbean ship as opposed to like, you know, some drink recipe you found on Pinterest or something. So thank you, Renee, for the email. And we have time for one more email, and it is from Steve Hook. Writes, I have a question concerning refunds for taxes and port fees from COVID canceled cruises. I had a cruise schedule for July 20, 2020 that was canceled around May 25th or so. I received the future cruise credit for the cruise fare, but I was told I would receive a refund on port fees and taxes. I haven't received it yet, so I was wondering if the 30 to 45 day mark time refund timeframe starts based on when the cruise was canceled or when your cruise was scheduled to sail. Obviously, I should have received the refund already if it's based on when the cruise was canceled, but I wanted to ask if you had more precise information. Thanks for all you do to keep your spirits up while we're stuck on shore. Steve, thanks for the email. Good to hear from you again, Steve. And the answer is, well, <laughs> the answer is it could be both, but it seems like it's probably gonna be from when the cruise was supposed to happen. I'm not surprised to hear that, Steve, that it's the date from when the cruise was uh, supposed to occur. And when it comes to the refunds, they are flowing. They're still a little slow, but they're not as bad as they were you know, for cruises that were in March and April, those cruises really, unfortunately, anyone who had to cancel cruises there may have only recently gotten their money back. Whereas uh, cruises canceled in July and, and after that, or even June, I've seen a much faster turnaround on my own uh, anecdotal experience. So uh, yeah, the good news is Steve, it is coming, but you just gotta keep luck out for it. One other thing to keep in mind when it comes to the refunds, guys, when you get a refund from Royal Caribbean from one of these canceled cruises, you know, if the refund is issued on, you know, uh, today, the podcast, for this week, you know, it comes out on the 12th, right? August 12th. But even if like Royal Caribbean hits the button to send it to you on the 12th, it may backdate it a couple days before because it takes time for the Royal Caribbean to send the refund and then for the, your banking institution to accept it and process it and whatnot. So when you're looking at your statement, guys, don't just look at the most recent line item. Always look back at least, you know, five or 10 items. I have seen refunds sneak their way into my statement 
you know, maybe a couple days before. And the only way I know it is because I just noticed that my outstanding balance has gone down and, you know, refunds aren't common on credit card bills. So, you know, you can kind of figure that out that way. So uh, look for it there, Steve. And I think you're, I have confidence you're going to be able to get that pretty darn soon. So thank you, Steve, for the email. Thank you to everybody for listening to this week's episode of the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Of course, if you want to send me your emails, I will be happy to read it on the podcast over at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. If you go to the website and just yell your question at the website, probably not going to work. So send it to my email, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.